Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. I'm a hoo This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Can't believe they're my blood. My cue of sloths and the manners of banshees. He's a mechanic. She's a homemaker. He knows as much about cars as a beauty queen. And she bakes cookies taste like wing nuts. As for the tots, they're twits. Out of order. I show you out of order. You know what out of order is, Mr. Trask. I show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I was the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You break my heart, son. All my life, I stood up to everyone and everything because it made me -ah, feel important. You do it because you mean it. You got integrity, Charlie. I don't know whether to shoot you or adopt you. Give the the theme song. How are you feeling today, Colonel? Super. Superior. Superfluous. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. I know exactly where your body is. What I'm looking for is some indication of a brain. Uh-oh. You got a moron here, is that it? No, I'm just getting warmed up. Alright. 1992 brought us many movies. This one snuck in just under the gun in December of 92. Martin Brest teaming up with Al Pacino uh, in Scent of a Woman. <laughs> smells good. Uh, we got Al Pacino and Chris O'Donnell uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, James Reborn, uh, Gabrielle Anwar, a couple other faces, maybe, yeah, but that's the kind of core of it. Um, yeah, 1992 release, 156 minutes, which might trigger some initial conversation, uh, made for 31 mil and brought in 134 at the box office, so quite a big success. Um, Pacino took home an Oscar for this. And though this was nominated for three or four other, uh, three others, it did not win those. And maybe I'll just give a quick rundown that we have Charlie Sims goes to a prep school, sees some boys running amok, uh, and thinks it's in his best interest to keep his mouth shut. But the headmaster of the school does not agree, says if he turns the people in, he can pretty much go to Harvard, but Charlie still holds on to his balls. Uh, and then he also picks up a weekend job taking care of extreme alcoholic Frank. Uh, what's his last name? Frank, uh, Frank Fuckface. Slade. Dun, dun, Frank dun. Slade. Slade. Slade, yes. Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade. Um, and this man has decided to have kind of a uh, leaving Las Vegas type final weekend. But he's going to go do it in New York. Um, and so Charlie and Frank. That's where I do it. Yeah. Charlie and Frank decide to uh, grow a little bit together over the course of this movie. And so Charlie ends up going back to deal with uh, his potential of being expelled uh, because he's not going to give up who actually um, dumps some paint on the headmaster's car. And let's be fair, the headmaster kind of dumped the paint on his own car. Uh, And will Frank shoot him or sorry, blow his brains out on a Waldorf uh, hotel room bed or will he live on to see another day and try and sleep with Ruth from uh, Six Feet Under. Dun, dun, scent of a woman. All right, boys, let's get this one started on a whatever note this will be, uh, 156 minutes. This is a long-ass movie. 
It's very long. It is a long movie. I was really shocked as we were guessing beforehand. I think at most we said two hours 20, uh, and the, some of the lower guesses were around two minutes 10, and to see it come up at 236, two hours 36 minutes is quite shocking for, uh, you know, it's been quite a bit of time since I'd seen this movie, but I always had fond memories of Curse. Pacino's performance in this is kind of legend, either from the uh, portrayal of a blind man or the intensity to which he holds for pretty much the whole fucking thing to the memorable quotes like hua and later on when he says hua there's so, like there's some massive chunks of this movie that could just com- be completely sliced out of this movie it's it's would this would not be a hard movie to edit for time if you were like you got to get this down to like 210 210 or 205 it would be easy as fuck you would you would just take out gigantic chunks of this movie, I think. I take that I, whole Ferrari the, thing. The whole Ferrari thing would be gone. The whole little lead up before the Ferrari thing, where he's like, "Let's go for a ride." That's like ten minutes where he's just convincing him to get out of bed and go for a ride. He, yeah, all of that. Yeah, that whole section could go. The beginning, the whole beginning, first ten minutes, watching the kids walk around the school and be rich um, douchebags. That. You know, like none of that was necessary. We we get to meet. There was a lot of leading of time with them later. After they yeah. they do they destroy the guy's car. We they they pulled a prank on the dean. We don't need to know any more than that. We don't we don't need to know their names and you know where they're going for Christmas skiing. Like like we kind of need to know they're going somewhere and that they're rich and that they kind of ask Charlie what we he's don't need doing. To know but you don't anywhere at all. It yeah, like not 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 really. No, no right. it actually we, doesn't matter. They don't need to ask Charlie to come to Sugarbush and then like as a joke and then not take him. None of that is like and talk to the geeky guy about how awesome it's going to be and can he make it and he'll have like I get that he has to ask his dad for money but they hit all that shit on the head like oh, yeah. obviously it's a prep school and we see right away that Charlie is working harder than the other kids because he doesn't have the cash. That's all I need to know, that the group of guys that we're dealing with are maybe a little extra rich and a little extra connected. We learn that all later. Hoffman says he's on, asked him if he's on, Hoffman says he's on scholarship. Frank asks him and he says he's on scholarship. Like that, that like is beaten to death. And the fact that those are rich people and he's poor. Um, how many times is Frank Slade? They're rich and you're poor. Like none of that needs to be shown. <laughs> like it's all in dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Do you need that first scene in the hotel before the Ferrari, though? To, to That's the only time you ever see him realistically low. And no, like you just show him stumbling the suicide. around. The, I think you just show him stumbling around the street when he when he tries to walk in front of those cars. Because it's right after he has sex with the, the uh, prostitute. And he's like, uh, and that was the last thing on his list, which is why he's in the bed all depressed in that scene. But. But if you just cut uh, like him and Charlie the next day walking around outside, it's fine. And then he gets all crazy and he starts doing crazy things. I think that all works. Yeah. Because really, to take out the thing in his speech where Charlie says, "Because you tango and drive a Ferrari, the best I've ever seen," and he's like, "You never seen anybody do either." But I mean, yeah. you could edit that. You, out you too. can still just have you the best tango and blind man I've ever hung See, out with. That's yeah. a pretty big achievement. Um. Yeah, I think that definitely. Had, I mean, I didn't. I guess it was a little harsh to start off on a negative note, but that's honestly the 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 most noticeable thing about this movie is it's so thick. Yeah, it just goes so deep and and hangs in there for so long. And um, it tre- some yeah, of it is it treats, okay. It that's part of why I think the Ferrari exists is because 
this movie is like, I mean, it's like very serious and very dark the whole way through. Like, like Frank takes him to a whore's place. Like he's like all about <laughs> all this stuff saying goodbye. The Ferrari is like, is a fun moment for the audience. I think that breaks that up. I don't disagree that it can go or should go. I just think that might've been part of the reason for it was to give the audience a little bit of a lift to give it a little bit of dimension before you fucking hit him again with that suicide shit. I think he, I think he is lots of fun and games in all of the scenes with Frank with dialogue, like, like all of the scenes with him, with Charlie on the plane, him with the woman in the suits, like him at the The restaurant. He's like, Ooh, ooh, he's bread, the bread. Like it's all fun. Like he Pacino is very good in this. I know, but the kid um, always feels like, well, he feels like a hostage in the Ferrari scene too, but. Yeah, he always yeah. feels like a hostage. He's yeah. going against his will for sure. Like, and the other, like, maybe I wouldn't mind the Ferrari scene as much if there were other bits of the movie, like if that filled another gap that needed to be filled. And I agree with Brent. That's, I think that's why they did it. They really wanted some levity in before they were going to punch us with shooting yourself in the head. Um, but another reason that it doesn't work for me is just because of how unbelievable it seems a little bit of the driving he did I, I would have been like wow like that's crazy but then there's like long stretches of going block after block first of all in an empty New York streets where the fuck is there empty New York streets like not even in Brooklyn where they were doing <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. there be empty streets like that um, and then he then it goes even further for him to fool the cop and the cop would just be walking back to his car going like that guy just stared at my dick for three minutes that was <laughs> that Dude, was like look a at him at all when he's talking that to him. was that, 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 that was a drunk. 10 or 10 or 12 block radius in one of the most overpopulated cities in the world and there wasn't a soul and he turned the car not only did he turn the car but he turned the car on like a racing like slide turn and then managed to pull the car back when it was fish sliding tailed. out of control yeah fishtail yeah. twice and pull it yeah. back blind almost ran into the when he almost ran in that garbage can and Charlie grabbed the wheel, they're done right there. Like, as yeah. soon as Charlie touches that wheel and, and swerves them, they're gone. Like, Frank's not recovering from that. Frank's going to be driving in a wall of a building. Like, none <laughs> of that is fine with the at car all. stuff. What I'm not fine with is the characterization of Frank putting Charlie's life at, at complete yeah. risk. He's a blind guy driving a Ferrari at high speed in an urban area. Neither of them are wearing seat belts also, which is fucking stupid on Charlie. Not Yeah, that was that really point. hard to tell. Yep. But that's the big problem for me is because like it's a movie. I can accept that the blind guy's going crazy driving the car. Who gives half a fuck? It's the, it's the fact that he is so willingly putting Charlie's life in danger. Yep. And he's like really going to kill this kid, which he has spoken about has, you know, real character to him. And so like. His his willingness to hurt somebody else is where that takes his character from being like, fine, you can be suicidal. And if you feel like your life's miserable and you want to go out in a blaze of glory, I'll ride that fucking ride with you. But when he starts to to do harm to others, potentially putting others' lives at risk, that's right. when he stops becoming a sympathetic character, right? He completely puts Charlie's life at risk. I mean, well, I agree that's with a big both. problem. I, I agree with it on both levels. I believe I agree with it on an unbel- it's completely unbelievable and silly and not the right tone for the movie. And it also makes char- Frank's character really selfish and fucking dirty, gross. So Brent mentioned Frank as a as a sympathetic character, and I think this movie rides a line of like how much do you feel sorry for Frank, uh, and then how much do you like kind of feel ill towards him because. 
the more we learn about him and how he ended up, like it's hard to feel sorry for him a lot of the time. Most times, actually. Well, yeah, his character changed. He calls his he calls his granddaughter a little piece of tail. She's like five. Like he's a total piece of shit. Basically, yeah. he's just so woe is me that he feels like he he can get away with being piece of shit to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His it's per- hard, once again, man. I know why people appreciate Pacino's performance and I I appreciate it many parts aspects of his performance in this movie as well but the character definitely in 2021 if we're talking about holding up and this was like 1994 uh his character is definitely um uh I found really this time that he he didn't before he back in the 90s it seemed like he was prophetic or poetic or well-spoken you know but now it's he's just really a dirty old man talking about instead of saying pussy he calls it like the gates to heaven or whatever but like he's just a dirty old man talking about talking about stewardesses and like it's and really, like that plane scene is bizarre now it is days. bizarre maybe you, that was cool at some point but if you think about like a i don't know how old frank's supposed to be in this 50 or 60 like somewhere around there yeah. Let's say 50. He didn't seem too, too old. So like maybe late 40s, early 50s. Um, and he's like sitting with a 17 year old kid going like, tits are so good. And between the legs is like, oh, it's like having, blah, 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 you know, like, like a fine uh, glass of wine. So the, yeah, yeah, it's gross. It's gross. It's, it's super gross kid. and creepy. Yeah. And it's also he everything about women. It turns them into just an object. And so, like, what is Charlie learning from this guy? He's like, you're, he's like, your education's about to begin. His education into what? Being a fucking sexual assaulting stalker? Like, what is his, <laughs> what is his, what is he being educated in? And, and like, not, not respecting women for anything but their bodies and the perfumes that they wear. Also, the whole perfume thing is so stupid now. He knows people's perfumes and their body soaps. And he knows exactly what they are. Why? Why does he know that? He's a he's a guy that That's was a in blind the military. Hobby. It's like he's reading books. He's like fucking smells and listening to stuff is like basically his thing now. So, you know, smelling <laughs> I, perfumes. I think that's- why not? I think that's what they're going for. They're yeah, trying but he's to show been blind his, his heightened five, sense of things. Yeah, he's been blind but he, like the, less than five years. And so now all of a sudden he's a connoisseur of fucking of women's soaps and women's fucking perfumes. That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> it just remi- it also reminds me of Hannibal Lecter. or something. And you're wearing L'Air du Tente, but not today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, He's to- And see, but that makes more sense with Lecter because Lecter came from a sophisticated world where he knew these things. Frank was like a fucking, just a fucking, like, you know, uh, foul-mouthed, perverted fucking military guy. Why does he know all this shit? It doesn't make any sense. I think sense. it makes less sense with Lecter. <laughs> I think it makes more. Yeah. Lecter's an educated of. guy. He just knows the soap she was using or whatever. He doesn't He's know. He's a guy like, of sophistication. It's not that she was using. So, yeah, but it doesn't mean he knows every soap. And okay, bo- it makes world. it's stupid for both of them then. It doesn't make any sense for Frank. <laughs> I what feel it makes more his, sense for Frank. Because he, he's sitting in the back of his daughter's shitty place that she has for him, and he's, like, smelling samples on fucking well, magazines in my mind, perfumes. he's, like, walking malls in the perfume aisles during the fucking day. Right, and in my eyes also, like, probably he, starts, probably he recognizes women by their scents, right? So probably yeah. he would have, like, been going through life and, like, smelled someone and been like, 
like that that's what is that perfume what is that perfume these are things that i'm imagining he can get there as right yeah, I, I don't see him walking in the mall and not being. He doesn't do it to every woman. He does for, it to for, like the for being a perverted man. Script, he, he's not going anywhere. He's staying in that place drinking and listening to his records. I mean, that's what they establish anyway. I don't see him going out of the house smelling people. I did, <laughs> I did wonder that because like it made it seem like him going out for his daily walks was a big deal. And, yeah, and that was a big thing. Airing so, him yeah. out. I'm just saying I can imagine like it doesn't it's not a big thing for me in the movie to like think that no. a blind guy would know some perfumes. That's not like a thing to me that I'm it like wasn't what the just fuck? perfumes. That one was a body soap from like England that he knew. And <laughs> he, he don't know the like, origin oh, of the soap. Wear... He just knew the soap. Jesus Christ. He goes, I do wear that soap. Yeah. It's just like, what yeah. the fuck does he know the soap? It's like, oh, he's I uh Every soap and every perfume, he's just fucking on that shit now. After the military, yeah, it was just a little too specific, and also kind of just lend. I I was just, I was trying to think to myself if I was walking around and I walked up to a red light and I looked at the gal next to me and I was like, ah, L'Oreal, and she was like, what the fuck? That would just maybe seem (laughs) odd, but maybe it would also be like, I agree that that's probably creepy to say to somebody where you're like smelling their hair and like. Uh, yeah, I, I did find that too. I did find I that as creepy. well. I, I don't, just don't, I don't mind it why. as a gimmick to use yeah. for a blind guy in a movie. I just don't Fair see enough. why women are fawning over that. Yeah, I agree with that as well. At least I don't think that would that would be the thing today where all of a sudden they're like, oh, I really like this person. No, he but against my uh, fucking body soap. You know, sexual assault was, was a lot hotter in the 90s than it is now. That's what he's True doing, story. basically. He's He's being very inappropriate. Um, and him like, and Charlie he, going he, up there. She told him she didn't want to sit with them in the beginning, and he pushed it. He was just like, yep. well, like, well, we could just sit here and stop all of the, you know, like, womanizers from coming over or whatever. And she's like, yeah, ha, and she's ha, like, ha. okay, I don't want to be attacked. Okay, and then fine. the dancing <laughs> thing, too. She was probably, like, once again, doing it against her will because she was afraid of what this guy might do. She's like, I'll dance with you, I guess. It just worked out well in the end. Who are? Um, so uh, let's then shift gears a little bit into things we like about this movie because um, in principle this is a very interesting story and there's some big learning moments for the main characters um, even if it is kind of muddled a little bit in Frank's um Frank is kind of antagonizing Charlie throughout the initial bits of the movie. And uh, thinking back on it, I'm trying to figure out if, if he was saying shit to Charlie in like uh, as like an opposites thing. He's like, oh, yeah, you should do this. You should do this. Knowing full well that that's what the easy the easy way out for everything, because um, it really seems for the first while like he was trying to legitimately coach Charlie into what to do. Like, go tell the truth. Like, tell the truth. Telling the truth is important. And Chris O'Donnell's like, well, I probably will, but maybe not. And then he's like, whoa, that's bad. That's not what he was saying. He was saying saying that uh, you have to do that. You have no choice because that's the way the world is. And he's just so naive and young that he doesn't understand that he's got to He's got to fuck everybody over and get what he can get now is pretty much it was a summation all of the time. You're just like, you're all out for yourself. Fuck everybody. You know, get what you get what you can get. Yeah, but later he says that that's like he's declaring that as part of his reasoning for wanting to kill himself. He's he's like 
He's dejected by the world. He's disappointed with the reality of the world. He finds that there's no one with strong character anymore. So I feel that he's saying that because he feels like that's the only way out. He Like, no one has character anymore. This is your only path to redemption. He's speaking as a defeatist in those moments. I don't think it's yeah. what he feels in his soul. I think it's what he's, like, where he's come to as a guy who's getting ready to kill himself and has, like, accepted that you know, the world is best at him with its shittiness. Because well, I, I was like, I, I unfortunately... I reverse, reverse psychology, but that's how I always read it. Yeah, and I'm not sure, like, I think what Brent said is true, so that Frank thinks he's speaking the truth. He thinks he is being wise, even though he's, like, just being a defeatist. And if he thinks about it hard, and by the end he realizes what Charlie's doing is integrity. The, the, the other thing that worked against it for me in terms of story is... All those other kids are fucking douchebags. So I kind of was like Charlie should have told not to get the Harvard scholarship. As soon as the scholarship is offered, that kind of taints the whole thing. Um, but if like no scholarship was offered and they were like, look, we come back after the weekend. We expect you to do the right thing. I'm kind of like those guys all would have like turned on Charlie in a second. So why would you stand up for yeah, the like other that? guy across from him who was like their friend turned on them and fucking gave them up. And then Charlie's loosely. To- and he gave yeah, them up in a way that he, he could like he said their names like I know loud. but he said so it he maybe it could have been it doesn't matter that we said their names maybe it could have been just opens the door for Charlie to confirm so he gave his buddies up that's what they like, were hoping that, yeah that guy gave his buddies up his fucking dad made him and then Charlie's supposed to be the bigger man turn down Harvard turn like get in trouble get expelled from school and go back home to Iowa while that guy fucking turns his buddies in. And he doesn't even know those guys. And those guys did do something. Those guys fucking ruined a car. Like, I mean, it's not like yeah. they didn't do nothing. So no, I'm a bit confused. Totally. I was a bit confused watching it this time, too. I'm like, yeah. why is what Charlie doing the is the right thing? I, I'm, I, am, I was kind of confused by that. I mean, Frank does make a good case. But at the same time... Well, uh, Frank never makes a case for the ethics or the morality on that. He even says no. in his big speech, he's like, he's like, is that right or wrong? wrong? I'm not going to yeah, say. Yeah, it's not for right? me. I'm not a judge and jury. So yeah. I like that that's never actually addressed specifically in the show. The, the only thing that is, is that like what Charlie doesn't deserve is punishment. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. But but I'm wondering, yeah. like, if in the writing there was some way to actually make what Charlie was doing the right thing. This makes it seem very ambiguous. And Charlie basically just wasn't going to do what they wanted him to do. And like John said, the bribe does taint things a little bit. It's just like, rat on those guys and you'll get something. And so that's not cool. But... At the same time, if you take that bribe away, what is the right thing to do? Is for him to lie? Him to I don't lie? Think the bribe to... changes it at all. I think the guy's just providing an incentive for him to do what he thinks is the right thing. Well, it benefits him then to, yeah. to not tell the truth. To not tell the truth hurts him. It hurts his future. So it's huge. It hurts I him think anyways. That's a... I mean... Well, if he gets expelled, that hurts him too, but... I mean, if someone was like, you could go to Harvard, or you could not go to well, Harvard. If you, do the right, if you do the right thing, you can feel good about that. But if you do the right thing and you get to go to Harvard, like not only would that make you feel weird, but pretty much everybody else would see it. But the thing as, is, is that there's no mention bribe. of like like a punishment or not a punishment if in the absence of the Harvard option. Like there's no like, like he's, so he's always going to be expelled for that. That's yeah. always going to be the that. case. Yeah. No, but that's always going to be the case. I think we can all safely assume 
yeah. yeah, with or without the Harvard deal, he's going to be expelled. So well, there like already I was is recommend. a for lying. The Harvard thing really is not a plus plus, right? It's already his future by by confessing. I guess that's true. So I feel there's no I mean, taint with that. It's a better future. Well, then that makes it a bad. Then that makes it a bad stakes raise. And so actually, that's bad writing too. Then because that's supposed to be a big stakes raise, right? Is the I think bribe. it does. I think it does raise the stakes, but I think already he's in this prestigious school. If he were to stay there, he's he's gonna get because he's working his ass off. He's like, I'll get to a good college or university of some kind. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. And like, um, though the headmaster ends up being a dick, a huge dick at the end. Um, I like they. I guess they tried to set him up to be smarmy at the start, but you know what? If the board of trustees wanted to give the headmaster of a super fucking prestigious school a jaguar, I don't have a problem with that. No, maybe he deserves it. Like he probably he should get a nice salary for that. That school looks like it'd be fucking super hard to run with all those little pricks walking around. Yeah, so, and also what that guy, that kid said was, "Why would you want?" If you have a prestigious school, why would you want your the guy who's running it to drive around in a shitty Honda? It makes it look shitty. So yeah. actually, yeah. that guy made a very valuable point about why that guy should be driving that car. Now, they make the headmaster not only in the writing and in the acting and the performance of the, of the character like a total piece of shit who's like just really about his own ego and his car getting ruined. And, and they really lean on that heavily. So they so they don't make anybody at the school nice. Like the students suck, the dean sucks. The only ones who are nice are the board of trustees or whatever. That's only at the end. Yeah, those are the only like decent people who are it's in that whole school committee. That's what yeah. it is, disciplinary. Yeah, and, and you'd think like the discipline how they were all uh, that disciplinary committee was pretty funny like had they not spoken before that hearing started like didn't know what to be like hey dean this looks really fucking bad that you're on these kids so hard for this like car thing it seems personal maybe you should recuse yourself or something along those lines yeah, Instead, or maybe they you wait till after this. the deliberation to be like fuck you and also well, we not specify do this big the, sorry i was Go just ahead, gonna Brent. say the headmaster is not this like huge piece of shit throughout the movie the thing no. that he, like all he is is he's obviously kind of a pomp pompous nudesy fucking guy but that's what you would expect from a headmaster right for yeah but the thing is is like he has this pride in the car blah 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 he's not like a bad guy off the bat like that guy that kid even comes up and talks to him and he's never a dick to him he's dismissive but the kid is obviously you know that kid so he's just probably like not gonna spend any time with his bullshit The, the reason why he becomes self-entitled over important asshole is when he declares all school will stop until we have the fucking people responsible. So I don't think that he's like some big evil, like bad guy. I think that is a fucking really selfish move to do that, obviously, and not in the best interest of the students, but I don't think it makes him, but like that's what I evil headmaster. Well, but, but the fact but that he was going to ruin Charlie's life does make that part. Nice. That part. Absolutely. I do. No, agree yeah, even that, the actually. trial, like you just said, the fact that this never happens and what he's doing because his car got wrecked and he was embarrassed in front of the whole school is he was going to shut down the school and have this big trial, which is super unorthodox. Even the way they talk about it, it's just like, well, this is the best we could do is 
We just have all the students watch this while we do this to these two boys in front of everybody in the school and make I them get the say impression the names. That's how the school operates, to tell you the truth. I get the impression yeah. that's how the disciplinary structure works there. Because if everyone well, then that's sees a terrible, it, then terrible, the terrible school. Along. That's not a good school. Then. No, those that's old schools have all that. Done. The, the honor code, school, right? the honor code, and everything. We're all in this together. We all share like success and and also like. Um, it's like a school ties disciplining yeah public shaming is what it was disciplining them behind closed doors would have made more sense and questioning them I'm not here to to state the ethics of their disciplinary structure I'm just saying that's my understanding I just wonder if that's based on anything that's real or if that's just completely Hollywood fiction to make it like this big moment where everyone applauds at the end and stuff and Oh yeah, and I wonder. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like that's made up. I don't feel like schools do that, but maybe I'm wrong. It was '94, that was and the this last is disciplinary admit, open we, house. We went to the opposite of this school. Yes. The old tradition. Yeah. Maybe this is the old school tradition of the old, the way the old boys used to do it. I don't fucking know. I used to get suspended, and my mom wouldn't even know. That's how fucking opposite my school was. Like yeah. nobody fucking would be told. But could you Never imagine if the they bring you up in front of the whole school, shut down classes, and then like questioned you in front of everyone like a courtroom? Doesn't make it have been way worse. Sense. I would have loved the attention. No, and it was so one-sided for how Trask um, questioned Charlie. Like when he was questioning um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, it was all pretty like, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of patience here, but take your time. And then he goes to Charlie. He's like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. I expected more. I wanted the truth and everything to come from your vagina. Yeah. It's because of who's sitting beside them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was and nice because his old daddy, words. that stuff, they leaned into that shit too. Like the, all of the acting and that was like way over the top where his father like nods and then he like moves on. It's just like, does no one else see that? The students don't see that. The disciplinary committee doesn't see that and go, hey, maybe this fucking headmaster needs to be fired. Like, what the fuck's going on here? This this guy's father, like, who's a donor, is running the show, like, behind the scenes. Shadow. Yeah, they would never <laughs> like they would sh- never dismiss a guy for pleasing one of the, the largest donors in a school like that. I guess that's yeah. fair. He yeah, would yeah, nod, yeah, and the headmaster would do what he was told, and everyone above the headmaster would be like, good job. Then why didn't the disciplinary <laughs> committee, like, then, then they screwed him over by like saying that his son gets no no credit for what he has done. So I, they I also get the impression the that the disciplinary committee is made up of like like students primarily and um, and Some maybe teachers. like a couple teachers. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it was teachers. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a group of his peers or at least teachers. There not, should be anyway, but yeah. Yeah. So so uh, the drinking also I noticed this time. So the first time we meet Frank. He drinks like a whole bottle of like two six of Jim Bean basically right in yes, front of us. Yes, he does. Yes, JD, he does. yeah. He, he has pounds a it. lot. Yeah. He like he he. I I was like thirsty for water or like a something like a Coca Cola or something with ice. Watching him just guzzle that shit and the ice clinking in the glass. But to think of how much Jack Daniels that man was drinking is fucking out of control. Yeah. He's yeah. A it's crazy. Real professional alcoholic. Yeah. I did, yeah. and I did find all those scenes now were very long. Um, all of the scenes between Frank and Charlie are extremely long scenes. Yeah. There, uh, that scene where they first meet goes on. I, I would, I, I never clocked it. You know, if I ever watch it again, I'd have to clock it. But that scene is, is, is feels like it's a very long scene. There's, there's a lot of. Uh, I don't know how much real information we're getting there. Like the acting is so good and the wardrobe is so good. And 
you know, the way it's all the set up. The first one in the house in the back, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could have been yeah. so much shorter. Then he, like, screams at him, like, fucking rage screams at him. And then he's like, my God, you're touching or whatever. Yeah. I liked all that. I mean, I just feel like they could have gotten there much quicker. I think that's the story of this movie. Because, like, there's the, Chris O'Donnell is, like, has to do a lot in this emotionally. And I think he kind of carries off that 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 poor sympathetic He's, he seems fine in this i i think he does a good he job does a lot of it without part. without dialogue too like there's a yeah. lot of reaction stuff that's that's put on him i yeah. think chris o'donnell does a surprisingly good job considering that i don't think any three of us are big fans of his no, no. What else but has he been yeah. in that's been good like where has he stood out like batman only because i know that's a shit movie right He's so. a great robin just <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the joel schumacher ones Oh my God, those are terrible Batmans. No, but this, this to me was, uh, yeah, like sadly, I think this was his, the highlight of his career for acting because uh, I know that if he's not now, he was most recently on one of those NCSI, like works in the, you know, one of those shows, whatever one he's in, Texas, Miami, New York, who, who knows. <laughs> I think that's what he's doing now, but I mean, this was like a standout performance by him. Yeah. Um, I almost forgot about it. What about the Thanksgiving dinner scene? That's uncomfortable. Oh, I mean, there's so many scenes we haven't talked about. Yeah, it is super uncomfortable. It's a really interesting scene because of how hard um, Bradley Whitford, uh, who plays Randy Slade, his nephew, uh, he goes at him so hard and so deliberately, and then the even the family is like, "Stop it, Randy! Stop it, Randy!" Um, but Slade, in the moments before, was like telling him he should go down on his wife and insulting everybody and everything that moved in like not a easy to come back from way. Like most of those insults, like given once, would get you kicked out of my Thanksgiving dinner. He said at least twice that his wife was unsatisfied and then finally said to go down on her. He insulted his he, job. He must he have liked, liked how she smelled. I don't know. But th- but then when uh, Randy comes back at him so hard, you almost feel sympathetic again for Frank. Well, you do, but it's like weird. right before, right before that, Frank also told a story where he had a three-way with a patient and a nurse <laughs> in a fucking military hospital, and he fucked them both on his bed and, and to his family at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. So I think Randy had like had enough. I, I think yeah. the Bradley okay, Whitford but- plays that well. Bradley Whitford plays that really well because Bradley Whitford really hates Frank. He hates him the moment he comes in. You can see the seething. Even without him talking, you can see he doesn't like Frank and he hates him. Whereas his brother and uh, his his other nephew, you know, they 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 kind of are more scared of him a little bit, but they don't hate him. They're just scared because they know he's a wild card. Whereas Bradley Whitford fucking hates him. Nobody else at that table hates Frank. Well, they they, they put do, up with him. At hiding it. Yeah, they put up with him. They they put up with him and they they you know they they. They don't really understand him, but they they try, you know. Like I get the you, sense they have broader shoulders. Is the thing is that they're they're able to see that Frank is a, as big a piece of shit as he is because Frank is that's because Frank he's is in pain, weak. Yeah. It's his problem. Like that's his. They see that that's actually his flaw, not theirs. So they give him that space. But this who Bradley is that what his name is? Whatever. Yeah. We, like you can see that he doesn't have that capacity. Like he is just driven insane with that. 
And I do feel like it's an escalation when he does that, but you can still see Frank takes it. And then Frank only doesn't take it when he insults Chris O'Donnell. When he, because he calls him Chucky, and he's already said he doesn't like being called Chucky, and Frank defends him. When the guy does it a second time, it's deliberate disrespect for an uninvolved party. And then Frank like sticks up for him, I feel like. I feel like it's also an, an, uh, a definite opportunity for him to to take some physical uh, you know, payback for those comments. But That's I feel what it like is. He, I feel like he wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for the Chucky comments. I disagree. Well, I feel like it's the second thing you said. I feel like because it's a huge overreaction to him insulting his friend. After the things he's insulted his wife, his his sex sex with his wife, and and you know those like, things so, though just aren't the same thing. Like making a comment like your wife's unsatisfied, blah blah blah. That's just me being an asshole. But you when you're making your fun, <laughs> okay. But come on, if I make a comment about like you should eat your wife's pussy, I don't know that you're not eating your wife's pussy. It's so obvious that I'm just being a prick for the sake of being a prick. If I came but over when to your you house, you were talking about the moment of of um. The moment where I ruin my life, right? The moment where I t- where I remove my sense of sight and destroy the career that I'm obviously like super proud of and was destined for greatness at, right? When you start digging that that knife in my back, that's so much more personal and such a more cutting attack. That's why those guys are telling him to stop. If if fucking Bradley comes back at Frank with comments the same. Uh, the same latitude as you should eat your wife's pussy no one's getting upset they might be like okay guys like enough crassness do you know what i mean you eat but your wife's pussy i'm what? not yeah. saying i'm not like, saying that's it's, the, not, it's such a different level i'm not saying it's not on the same level but i'm just saying that frank choking him in a chokehold military chokehold that he could break his windpipe against the wall is a huge overreaction to him calling him chucky if it wasn't for all the other shit first so yeah, to no, me, I'm not disregarding that. that indicates it was a selfish thing he did. He wasn't doing it for Charlie. He was doing it for all of the other shit and using Charlie as an excuse, which is no, a I'm third saying that's bag the thing. straw, though. That's the reason why he attacked. Yeah. But I know, but that's a dirt he bag set the thing boundary. to do it is, is it to told, use Charlie yeah, no, it, it, so he yeah. can get back at Bradley for his thing. own personal yeah. shit. Because the same thing just he missaid. um he said uh, Gladys, I think, and her name's Gretchen. He called her name two Twice. times, Miss Miss. Yeah, Which is the and same Bradley as the Cooper Chucky thing. It's just Bradley that Cooper no. didn't jump on him. No, it's just that him. Frank Sled Frank Slade Gale, said, Don't her do name's that Gail, you son of a bitch. Her name's fucking Gail. It's only because Pacino uh, set the rule and he said, Don't do that again. And then when he did it again, he got punished. So and, th- and those and are that just Bradley his, guy also establishes that that's not cool. Because he's yeah. the one that sets the precedent. Not okay to misname them. Not okay to misname them. But he didn't so when attack he does him. It, so the precedent, the precedent yeah. isn't to physically assault someone, though. That no, was I'm not, not saying set that up by Bradley. I'm not no. saying there's any excuse no, for no. physically assaulting no somebody excuse. for calling your friend the wrong name. It just seems It just seems very crazy. I'm not excusing uh, the behavior. Over the top this time, uh, what he did... Uh, I love I how he does. I think it seems in character. He's a he's a guy whose profession oh, was violent. Oh, don't get me wrong. It doesn't seem like it's out of character for Frank. Although that is the first time you ever see him get physical. He does get physical with well, Charlie later. Guy. And also, I will say that the gun, the gun handling in this movie and the gun play when when uh fr- when he he ha- handles the gun, he always has his finger on the trigger and it's always cocked, which is fucking crazy. 
And when him and Charlie are wrestling for the gun, at one point, Charlie's hugging the gun against his chest and Frank is pulling the gun away from him. And as he's pulling it away, the barrel is clearly facing center mass of Charlie's body and it, his finger is still on the trigger. And I'm like, what the, f how the fuck did that gun not go off and kill Charlie? That's the most shocking I, thing in this movie. Uh, all I could think of was Hoot from uh, Black Hawk Down going, this is my safety, sir. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously he's a trained professional with that, but yeah, I was tense. And, and there were times when I was like, is that bad trigger control? But he meant to use the weapon. He was like at least saying that he was preparing to shoot someone. So... That's he does because the first time you see him handle it, he does exercise good trigger control. It shows his finger on the trigger guard straight. So every time after that that he doesn't, it seems to me to be an intentional like John's saying. Yeah, I, I know. That's really fucked up and that he's intentionally threatening a fucking 17-year-old boy who is doing him a favor, that he's intentionally threatening him with a fucking pistol. And he's supposed to be a respected like lieutenant colonel in the military. Like, fuck him. And then points a gun at him and then almost kills him in the Ferrari. It's crazy. Almost kills the him in the Ferrari. Ferrari thing's and first, isn't it? Yeah, the Ferrari um, thing's first. So actually, maybe that's a warm-up for like disregarding Chris O'Donnell's life completely. And well, also, yeah, the huge yeah. continuity error when he's doing putting his gun together. Oh, which my I God. Can't believe I, I, never, this. I can't believe so, I never, ever noticed that. So look, there's a scene where um, Charlie walks in the room and Frank is field stripping his 1911 pistol. I still don't know how Frank got his pistol uh, and bullets to New York because I guess 94, 92, I guess maybe with some kind of military thing you can fly with your weapon, but I don't know about that. Anyway, not a big, not a big deal. I can, th that's fine. He snuck it and, and airport security wasn't on point that day, but it shows him field stripping. So then he puts it back together. Uh, when he's asked Charlie to time him and then he, he rams the magazine in and I noticed when he was ramming the magazine and that there was a bullet, at least one bullet in that mag and it goes into the gun and he racks the slide and the gun locks, the slide locks open, which means there's no bullets in the gun and then he releases the slide um, and says time. And I was like, weird. And then immediately starts field stripping the gun again. So pops the mag, the empty mag out, and then starts taking things out. But you wouldn't do that with a round in the chamber. That's fucking really stupid. Or I at never least saw the round would have come bullet. out. I never well, saw a single bullet the whole time he was doing that. The, the clip I was empty. I did when he loaded it at the beginning. The first time. The bullets. first time he pops it in after his first field so strip. So there's but then one he, bullet in there? Could it I have guess. Jammed, John? But it, Is that, could that have been why it cocked open? I guess, but... Could there have been like a little jam and then he just fixes it briefly? The continuity error that was when I, he throws. No, when he throws. you know what? I don't think unless it was a complete. Sorry, Colin. I think it, it was a, either a complete gun malfunction. Um, if it would have done that, it probably would have like locked halfway forward. Yeah. Um, and maybe the, the bullet wouldn't have slid properly into the feeding tube. So. And he it would have, have to cock out. it again instead of just flip that little. Absolutely, uh, it wouldn't have come apart error, in the though, same way. Is when he throws the clip when uh, Chris O'Donnell asks for the bullets, and that, yeah. there's another scene that's five fucking minutes long where so they yeah, argue that, about the bullets. Then it has you bullets see that, when he throws he, that. It has a full. It's a full clip. Well, it's got at least one in the top anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was. A, it had. I saw bullets in the mag when he threw it, uh, yeah. and then then from across the room. He jacks open the slide to pop the, the bullet over to China. Another bullet. Like, that's at least a 10 to 12 foot move that he just did there. And, and Charlie's like, yeah, no problem. 
But also, once again, a when, bit when, much. when Charlie asks for the bullets, then he completely goes off track onto a whole different conversation in, in that, like, for, like, another five minutes before Charlie finally asks for the bullets again. And then he's just, like, gives him the bullets. But it's just, like, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of dialogue in this movie that... Yeah. That not, didn't necessarily add really anything. Like it wasn't characterization, because we know Frank pretty much the first time we meet him, and on the airplane and stuff. By then, we know exactly who he is. We don't need any more characterization. Even when he tells him he's gonna blow his brains out at the dinner table, I mean that's all. Like we don't learn much new. So like that's not why the dialogues. I don't know why the dialogue is there, but there's a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot is. of this feels written for your consideration. It's it, this feels yeah, like it was written yeah. so Pacino yeah, could that's get that great. Oscar. Yeah, but I mean, exactly then it was up it for was. so many other awards. I mean, I remember seeing this movie for the first time, and it left an impression on me for sure. For good I've or seen bad. this movie like tw- at least twenty times over the years. I used to watch this movie a ton. <clears throat> so I, what's, what's changed? I guess we just got a little wiser. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, do you guys feel like this movie is spoiled now? I guess maybe do you want to call it? We should well, say the music is good. Yeah, Thomas Newman. The does music is great. Great as job. Always. I love Thomas I, Newman. I would expect nothing else of that guy. He's fucking totally solid. The directing and the cinematography are good in this movie. The story is interesting. Yeah, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, one thing I have questions about is is this a Humpty Dumpty? Because there is a ton of shit that could be cut. All of these scenes could be cut to be shorter. You could cut all of the stuff in the beginning with the boys talking to the headmaster and just cut to them pulling the prank and then meet them through Charlie later. Like, why do why are we seeing those characters without Charlie? That really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we, we should only too. be seeing them through his eyes in scenes he's in. And, and there's plenty of those um later on with uh when him and uh hoffman see them tying up the that hose which brent mentioned was so obviously going up the the pole or whatever like all you got to do is follow that hose to find those kids (laughs) where they are (laughs) a detective you do not need a detective to find those children where where, that were pulling the prank and it's almost Uh, the headmaster's fault because it seems like their prank was dependent on him trying to pop the balloon with the key instead of obviously moving his car from underneath the giant balloon thing yeah. With a pot with something in the bottom of it, which also was very obvious. There's a liquid. Yeah, the hose the running wherever it yeah. was running. It would have been a pretty quick investigation. And also oh, yeah. in the wide shots, I noticed you could see there is like an inch or two of liquid in the bottom yes. of that balloon. Absolutely, so like, you can see the liquid. I would have looked up and maybe seen the contrast of something dark in the bottom and light above that. Could that mean liquid? I'm just not going to pop that over my jag. Yeah, and that's the disciplinary true too. committee should have come to the come to the conclusion where they're like. Uh, we have determined that the headmaster's a fucking idiot yeah. and no one gets punished because he fucking did this to himself because he could have easily car. not done this to <laughs> yeah. himself. Like, couldn't the balloon just have blown up and exploded from the air? That would have just made that make so much more fucking sense. He would have been like, yeah. aha, look at the big ass, kiss an ass up on the up on the balloon. Who did it? Pop. And then the, the stuff goes everywhere. And I would have been, that's a way more vicious prank than 
kind of making the headmaster responsible for the last or part of it. Or have a kid with a BB gun if you have to. Like anything yeah, where anything. he like pops that balloon. But the headmaster doing it with his key, it's a little stupid decision making. It makes you wonder what the fuck was going through his head But that's at that the point. first time. That's like really. His prized possession. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Like if you would have cut out all that shit in the beginning, other than them saying in a snide remark when he's pulling up, oh, look, now he's an asshole with a Jaguar or whatever. That's all you would have needed. If you would have cut out all that other stuff with the boys, cut out all of the Ferrari scenes, cut all of the scenes between Charlie and him in half with the dialogue, just shave that fucking those scenes down. Would this would this work? Yeah, I don't know. I do. I don't think this movie's a Humpty Dumpty. I think I don't I think, think so either. There's a lot to there's a lot to core. edit here. Some of the some it. minor bits of dialogue might not work, but because I, I love the scene at the it. at the restaurant where he tells Charlie what his plan is. He's like, "You deserve to know." And then he's yep. like, and then he like tells him exactly what he's gonna do. I fucking there's love a that ton scene. Of good about this movie. Like, it yep. sounds like you guys are like calling it do you want to call it no i wanted to i wanted to still leave it open for like the good the good about the movie i think there's a ton of good in this the music's oh, yeah. good the acting's good the directing's good like the the fucking uh tone of this script is all consistent i think the story is excellent the story yep. is incredibly interesting about this guy like because the thing that turns us on its head is that you have this impression that he's going to learn from this guy from this old wise lieutenant colonel right that he's He's down on his luck, but he's got a lot to give. But it, it's almost entirely Chris O'Donnell teaching him. The whole does Chris movie O'Donnell is, is, change because he has integrity to start, and he still has his integrity at the end. No, nah, if you Pacino pull back, changes, I think. Think, yeah. think if you think if you cut the fucking airplane scene out, if you cut the airplane scene out, which is like really, it's just him talking about women and their legs and their breasts and their vaginas. <laughs> If you cut that out and then you see him at the restaurant and he he smells and he's like, what a wonderful place. And then like some of the other scenes, like with the with the woman where he goes up to her and they do the tango and stuff, that shit's all better. Like once again, the problem with this movie is it gets in its own way. There's like so much good stuff going on that is like less heavy handed. But the reason why it's not so good anymore is because they beat us over the head with him explaining everything and the dialogue. <laughs> it refuses to be ambiguous. Yeah, it just totally refuses. And like the scenes between him and Charlie, once again, um, like there's like so much in there to like. There's so many good bits of dialogue and quotable bits of dialogue and acting. But once again, they like, it's overkill. It's just overkill. This this movie is the perfect example of less being more. This movie could be like so good at two hours long. And like we also like Brent is our resident. I like these longer, thicker movies if if they like have something interesting to carry them through. So I'm really interested. Um, I mean, he's agreed with a lot of uh, and and come up with some stuff of his own that that just doesn't quite belong here. But like, is it interesting enough to warrant that kind of runtime? Are you asking me or do you yeah. want me to go yeah, through yeah, my no. final statements? No. Um, I think it does. I, I don't disagree that it's too long. It looks like Colin's descended into night. Yeah. It, it's, I don't think it's... Cool. I don't think it's... Um, <laughs> I agree it's too long. Yeah. I agree a lot could be cut, but I, I don't mind um, the stuff. I find that the meat of these longer scenes is still there. I, I do think it becomes you know, a little laborious sometimes to watch through, especially with that before the Ferrari scene, like 
we can really nip that. I agree the Ferrari scene could probably go as well, to tell you the truth. It's a little fun um, thing. I think that's what a lot of people remember about this movie when they remember it. So, you know, you can see how they got to their to the spot to put it in. But I don't find that the length of this, like this is a this is a lot of character study to it, right? And those movies always tend to be what you would probably agree are considered to be a little bit drier, a little bit longer. I don't think that they need to be, but I do think that the tendency is that that's happening. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't I don't think that it's I don't think it's out of line with it. Well, I think that there's there's definitely cuts to be made, but I don't find that this movie is particularly, you know, out of bounds with it. That's but, why but I think I, when I, we were when we were guessing at how long it was, like around that two hour mark, a little over maybe, because like I I would like the with the the heaviness that's handled in this, I think it does need a little bit of space. If you tried to rush this through in a ninety minute movie. You would be like, "What the fuck?" Well, that's just comedy you length, a ton though. Of you gotta, yeah, this needs to be at least two, two hour, two plus hours. But yeah. like, look at Fisher King. Fisher King is over two hours long, and I think that's a great character study of both Robin Williams, Jeff Bridges, and Jeff Bridges' girlfriend in that movie. Mercedes. Those, char- those Mercedes rules. Those characters are so rich, and that's such a great. You just enjoy spending all of the time with those characters. Yeah. But if that movie was that 30 minutes almost longer, class. Yeah. if those movies were 30 minutes longer, that movie was 30 minutes longer and all the scenes were twice as long, it would not be good. It, it like Character study doesn't mean it has to be three hours long. That's yeah, like, that's exactly that's what I just said. Is it doesn't yeah. mean it has to be. Yeah, but, but I think I'm trying to like coin a phrase for us to use going forward is that it needs space. I think I've heard Brent say that before in his defense of some of the longer ones that he was into that Colin and I thought. Yeah, I like the need space thing. I think that (sighs) this, I think this movie does have a lot of space. Even if you took out the stuff that we've all been talking about, I think this movie still has a ton of fucking space. Yeah, I do too. Totally. Yeah. 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 This movie is like a really bad example for that. I think this movie's got, is like a fucking goddamn gymnasium. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, they let Pacino just fucking go. And then they recorded it. They filmed it all, and then they fucking put it all in. They're just like Pacino nominated for best actor and supporting actor in this year. Hey, what was his supporting? Well, yeah, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Oh, holy fuck! It's hard. They made him look a lot younger in Glengarry. Yeah, and he didn't deserve it for that. So there you go. Uh, no, you don't deserve the award for that. No, um, but won that. I will. I will just say one more time. Like Pacino is Frank Slate. He's never not him. He like there's too much, and some of it's over the top, which is what's so recognizable about it. But he's that guy, man. He's he's awesome. Yeah, that's that the problem. Yeah, it, it, like I believe that guy. One hundred percent, absolutely. But that's the problem. The airplane scene and the and the fucking Ferrari scene and a couple of other bits of dialogue, like him calling his niece what he calls her, or his granddaughter he calls her and stuff. You take all that shit out of there. You then you like his character more. Now, like the airplane scene and the Ferrari scene, like Brent said, make me not think he's not like not likable. Like they they I don't think they he's get in there. Supposed to be likable. <clears throat> no, he's supposed to be like a character who's super flawed, but you're supposed to like him at the end of the movie. Otherwise, why spend any fucking time with the guy? And you didn't like him at the end. I did, but those scenes did make me. Those things are all wounds. 
That's why he's a sympathetic. Him trying to kill a kid in a Ferrari driving blind is not a wound. No, that's that's a problem that he and him does that. I don't like that. But he also does the gunplay. So if you take a one, you have to get rid of the other. Oh, you gotta have the gun. But but so the thing he says to Charlie when he's sitting on the couch about how he just wants he wants a partner, that is a wound. Him talking about pussy and legs on the plane is no, 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 no. But I'm saying those are those are flaws in his personality that are brought out by because he's a wounded. He, I get the impression that he used to be a gentleman. Like although he used to be a wild alcoholic, uh, I don't get that impression at all. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Actually, well, I I just figured he drank that, like, four. Like, he drank four fucking doubles and juggle grenades. I don't know. He's, he's, he's scarred. That was he's before scarred he was from blind. Nom, right. He's scarred from Nom. And um, that never even comes up, but I guess. But that's like the only reason I can think. And like he he was talking to Chris O'Donnell early on about the younger kids than him that he saw doing whatever the fuck. Oh, he talked about that in the school too. Yeah, he um, screams about so, it. So he brought up twice. So I just figure, you know, he's like completely imploding, self-destructing, and he like just does things to get a rise. Like he only went to that dinner to sink himself into a deeper hole because some somewhere deep down he thinks he deserves to be shit and shit on. So we get, that's yeah. why, he, so I get, I get that's why he does it all. Um, even the, even when he's holding the gun at Chris O'Donnell, I can, I could somewhat forgive that because it, it's never right to point a loaded gun at someone. So let's just get past that. But um, I don't think he ever intended to shoot him. Um, the gun thing doesn't bother or me as him, much as the Or Ferrari himself, thing. but the Ferrari because thing, yes, but the Ferrari thing is not cool because in the moment when he is speeding, Anything could happen that would have killed him and O'Donnell or like, oh, oh look, there's a crosswalk full of blind children. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so that 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 really kind of twists it on his head. I think that. Yeah, that's a, great. A he wasn't just about. putting. Yeah, he wasn't just putting his own life, which he didn't give a fuck about anyway. And Chris O'Donnell's life, who was helping him. But he also could have killed a ton of other people. You're absolutely correct. That was yeah, completely Ferrari, reckless. The first scene's got to go. Yeah. yeah, the whole that whole section of se- scenes lead building up to the Ferrari scenes just gone. Like that's super easy to go, and the stuff in the beginning. I cut the airplane scene because it makes the women's stuff more interesting. If he hasn't gone overboard with a gigantic speech about women already, mm-hmm. and uh, then that comes off way less offensive too. Is like, of course he like, you know, like. You know, like the 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 time he that's the most offensive he is about women is on the plane. He yeah. is a gentleman to that woman they meet and he tangles with. He he he's a gentleman to her. I guess, but he, you know what? He doesn't behind say anything gentleman. offensive. No, he no, doesn't know, say but, it, but he's thinking. But it he also is kind of trying to hook it. Charlie up. He's kind of trying to hook Charlie up with a woman that's more age appropriate to Charlie. So I didn't mind that either, because uh, because it wasn't about him. It was about Charlie talking to a girl and so he kind of once again made that about you know getting charlie some confidence to to go up to a woman and talk to a woman so i didn't mind that so i like that scene i mean i like the tango scene the tango scene is great you leave the tango scene in i think the tango scene is one of the few times where uh you do see him um as more of a a charming gentleman yes well, that's it. They're building the character there. The other time great. they do it, the other time they do it is when he meets. Um, he he meets. Uh, what's her name from Six Feet Under? Yeah, Fleur de Lie. Yeah, 
And that's an interesting uh, scene too, because they leave you like there. Well, maybe they'll start a relationship, but I'm like, he's but I'm still, okay with that. Uh, he's though. still a fall over drunk, but they don't get into it whether it'll happen or not. So that's fine. Uh, well, I'm okay if they go for dinner or something, and he gets a little fucking randy <laughs> and drunk. That's okay. Yeah, maybe that'll be the thing that turns him around. I don't. Yeah, know. exactly. They at least they put something in there, and I'm okay with them implanting something in there, and then him still. But the thing I don't like is. How he gets back home and then he's like all nice to the children and and he like invites them into his creepy fucking place in the backyard where he smokes like 10 packs of cigarettes a day and and drinks <laughs> fucking jack daniels nonstop. i didn't like that if i was uh his daughter i'd be like your kids aren't allowed to come in your house frank that's part yeah. of the interesting thing for me is that everyone's like no no don't kill yourself with a gun do it slowly with alcoholism <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine with him. And once again, if that's what Frank wanted to do, like, I don't judge Frank for that. He wanted to take his money, have a good time and then fucking and then that was the end of his life. I feel like everyone should have that um, right to do that in a safe, but in a safe uh, manner, not in a driving a car blind or blowing your brains out in a hotel, fancy hotel in New York City. But I feel like if people, you know, are want to go they should be able to choose how they want to go yeah. so i'm cool with frank yeah frank. No, I, I think i think frank offered himself like that's fine oh i'm well, sure the waldorf the astoria yeah are the, well, maybe not are maybe not ruining those, <laughs> that bed but i mean doing all the stuff you want to do and then blowing your face off maybe blow your face off in the dumpster behind the waldorf <laughs> you know, that's more appropriate yeah. There you More go. Yeah, or an alley somewhere. He was planning for Charlie him. to find him, which I think is, is you know, like Piece people that too. are suicidal aren't thinking clearly anyways, so I'm not going to put a big thing on there. But, I mean, it's a dick move to make this high school kid find your fucking brain blown Not apart. only a high school kid, but the high school kid that, like, fucking If you're really going to do that, you. shoot yourself in the chest. Be a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, really help. Yeah, and then they could study Frank's brain, too, and that would be nice because maybe, you, you know, they could... Help other like, people. What? He was blind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did everyone know this? Does I forgot. I forgot. You're totally right. He said Charlie got back early. His plan was for Charlie to find him. Yeah. Or unless someone else heard the shot and by the time Charlie was back, they're doing the investigation. Uh, good point. There was no fucking can on that. All guy. right, let's he wrap this shit up. Heard. Who wants yeah, to go first? Raise your hands, everybody. Dun dun. You guys dun, go first. Uh, I call no, you go you first because we all know how you feel. I want Brent to go first then. <laughs> Too bad. We all know how you feel. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't well, hold I'll up. I'll go first then. I'll go first. All right. uh, this, all disappointingly, right. this movie does not hold up. Um, but there's lots of good about it. I think some yeah. of the stuff that ends up in here that makes it too long not only like slows everything down too much for an already slow movie, but sets little bits of the characters um, in motion that I find it hard to come back from by the end of the movie. Mostly being, do I feel sorry for Frank and hopeful for his future, or do I just hate him because what a piece of shit he is most of the time? And it's all just stemming from his horrible life that he's lived recently with all the alcoholism and going in. Like, so can you blame him for that? I don't know. Um, but but very interesting story here. Um, if you've never seen the movie, it's probably worth a watch. Just you know, get out the popcorn and get ready for it. Lots of man crying and um, pointing guns and and uh, bad field stripping scenes. So there you go. Um, yeah, like I didn't hate all this movie for sure. It just it just doesn't hold up anymore. I certainly do not hold this anywhere in the same regard as what I used to. And if I could pick out what about the movie I liked 
most it like it would certainly be um nothing wrong with the look with the feel um and and like Pacino's fun to watch in this sometimes but unfortunately it's like sometimes it's laughably fun because he's like so crazy um not necessarily working towards the good of the movie fun and I guess those would be some of his over-the-top scenes but they make the movie fun to watch for sure in those scenes it's just too bad some of the other stuff is so down and long and drawn out um that it just doesn't hold up for me yeah, if Chris O'Donnell was a different kid, this could have ended a lot differently for sure. Uh, if he was enjoying the free trip to New York City and didn't give a shit about Frank killing himself and, uh, you didn't know. Didn't have integrity. Like, yeah, Frank yeah, was like, hit 500 bucks, go fuck off, chew some bubble gum. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, it doesn't hold up. Just it's, the performance of Pacino is is definitely worthy of, of the Academy Award. He has completely lost himself in this character. He, he never, there's never one moment where I see Pacino or I, I, I see, see that he could, he, he could possibly not be blind. Yeah. That's it's, the most uh, impressive and he, bit. He's yeah. on camera so much too. I mean, he, because he has these big long speeches and stuff that, that, uh, like Brent said, it does very, it does feel like it's written for, to win an Oscar. Which um, I'm trying to do in my current project, so maybe I should pull back the reins on that. So it doesn't become a sense for a woman. But uh, no, but that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't hold up anymore. But I do, I do, do think this could be saved in editing. I really do. I I feel like it would not be. I don't even think it would be that hard. I think a good editor could do it in a fucking day, and just chop chop a bunch of shit out of this movie, and then it would be like two o five or whatever. Love but as it, it stands, easy. yeah, this this version of this movie does definitely doesn't hold up, Brent. It does hold up, and you're both fucking uh, cranky old men. <gasps> um, the fact is, is that this movie is instantly better with that first little scene gone, without the Ferrari and the before scene gone. This movie is instantly um, fixes a bunch of this stuff. Obviously, a bunch of Frank's sexism didn't fucking date well. But the fact is, is we're not supposed to be overly thrilled with who Frank is and that all fucking works and comes through. Chris O'Donnell's good. The acting's good in this. The directing's good. The music's good. The story is good. This is a good movie. Uh, it's a little long in the tooth and that is problematic, but it's not so problematic that it becomes unwatchable or a problem. You guys are even talking about how good a lot of the scenes are and how the characters and like think about all the debate we've had and how much fucking fluctuation Frank has as he's coming around, which I think all that stuff is really good considering where he's at in his state, right? Chris O'Donnell's learning a lot about uh, <laughs> about that stage <laughs> in life being around this guy. But um, yeah, I think this does hold up. I think this is a good movie. I do think that some of it feels a little bit overwritten. Um, and some of it's obviously long as we've talked about, you know, extensively, we've been long and talking about how long it is. Yep. It's, um, yeah, it holds up. I mean, I think, I think my biggest actually problem on these two watches is, um, that the, the, the writing, and I don't think it was the performance from Pacino cause obviously he's fucking killing it, but the writing confuses me as to as to what Frank is saying in the first half of this movie I'm vi I'm still not a hundred percent sure if he he's playing devil's advocate or if he actually are the other my other opinion of what it could have been is that he sold out and he couldn't remain integrity 
So he's telling Charlie that he won't, surely he won't be able to because Frank couldn't. But then when Charlie does, then he's like, shit, you're a better man than me. And he says that in his speech. So it could have been many of those things, but it was very confusing. And the other thing is, I'm not sure the big summation at the end, I'm not sure um, that that was very confusing to me from the beginning this time. I was like, wasn't sure if what Charlie was, Charlie's silence was right. And uh, why why Charlie was right not to speak, uh, given especially given the fact that all of these people didn't respect or like him and give a shit about him. And he was protecting them and going to get expelled from school. So, like, I think that's a huge flaw in this movie because um, that doesn't make a lot of sense this time for me. Uh, it, it doesn't jive. I don't know if you guys felt the same this time. No, I, 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 I did. I did. That's uh, a huge chink in this movie's armor. Like, I, I shouldn't be... I shouldn't feel, you know, confused about what the character is doing and maybe think that he should have done the other thing. That doesn't, that doesn't jive well for me. Yeah, I think I mentioned so that So I think earlier, those were the I, two biggest p problems with this movie this time was Frank's motivation and what he was telling him and uh, what Charlie actually does at the end. And uh, maybe he should have fucking done that. Maybe he should have fucking said those dickheads' names. <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> I do like when Frank tells them to fuck them too, though. I always like that scene. Yeah. Well, he remembers their names. He even remembers their names, which I like too. He remembers all of their names. <laughs> Put it Indeed in the bank just so he could do that. Um, but yeah, those were the things I really noticed this time that really I really struggled with. I think those <clears throat> things are things that make it interesting, if anything. We've all I'm seen it a little bit different way, and there's a lot of debate in those things. Yeah. I think the ethical question about what Chris O'Donnell does at the end is part of the debate of the movie. Is like it makes you think, like, what is the right thing to do there? And it's, the thing is, is that I think the answer is just like Frank says. There is no clear answer to that. But the one thing you can't take away from it is that he has integrity. I know. And it's I just a way. be proud of any of our friends to have that same integrity, to just say, like, my fate will be what it is, but I will not. I won't. I won't harm somebody else to 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 increase my own standing. And I think that that's actually. Um, it wasn't. But it, but if you great. take out if you take out the Harvard thing, he wouldn't be increasing his standing by not saying anything. He'd basically he be still is getting because kicked he's not out of school. Expelled. I know, but he's yeah. already in school. He's not gaining anything. He's losing. It's not See, that he's not, he's no, maintaining he what he has. Anyways. He's losing. We already talked about this. But he there's a line. To lose anyways. He's losing yeah. everything. Yeah. No. But there's a th so there's a line that you can explore around. What if he witnessed a rape or a murder? Should he not tell then because of the honor code and he has his integrity? Like so, where's the line of he should yeah, tell what because if he it's saw the right a girl thing to get do. Raped. From Especially if kid. the other guys I were think like, we can all agree that if he'd witnessed a murder or a rape, yes. he should say something. But yes. where is the line, but, John? Yeah. Dre, where's the line? Where, where well, do you I draw? Feel, what kind of activity? I feel in the line of vandalism of and destroying person, property. Of a rich person having their yeah, well, yeah, destruction of property isn't as serious as murder and rape. Do we need to have this what? conversation? No, but it's not your car. That's if def it was your there's car? definitely a line there. I don't care whose fucking car it is. Scratch my car, but don't kill my friends. That's a definite line that I have <laughs> yeah, yeah. that I don't Look, think I'm, is any debate I'm, ju here. I'm just giving an extreme example um, to no, show I know. that there is a line here that where Charlie's um, integrity doesn't matter as much as telling the truth. And some people would think that that unwillful you know, property damage 
uh, is warranted of that, especially in a boys school where they do have this honor and ethics code. Not saying that the the headmaster should have expelled Charlie for not telling the truth, but um, it it maybe it just makes it more interesting the decision out there. Um, Those guys did a bad thing, and they do deserve to be punished for it. But the stakes of that shouldn't be on Chris O'Donnell's head. That I agree. He with. is being. He is being. He is he is going to be absolutely bullied to fucking shit in school here. So the thing is, is that he is fucked if he stays and he's fucked if he goes, if he, what he does. So, I mean, he takes a line and that line is debatable, but it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so self-preservation is... I don't think that, that ruins a movie. I think no, that, I, I'm that just saying... part of what makes it good. Yeah, I think it is interesting. I just feel like the movie heavily was le- trying to push us towards the other thing, and that's bad writing. They weren't trying to leave it open-ended. They were trying to say if Charlie told, then that was the wrong thing. That that was the whole. Heard, though. I that, totally disagree it, with you. It was because they. What are you talking about? Because Frank was saying it the whole time, going the other way, and like, yeah, you should do it because like. You know, that's, that's just what everybody does. That's a suicidal character saying something. That's not the but movie then, telling you no, how to feel. No, but then Frank says, no, no, you, by you not telling, you have integrity. So the movie is like saying that Frank is like now telling the audience what he, Charlie should do, which is not but do But Frank it. says that he doesn't know whether it's right or wrong, but he does know Charlie has integrity. So again, we're not being told what to think. We're being told that no matter which side of that, that debate you come out on, you can't say that Charlie has a weak character. Charlie yeah, has strength of character. Charlie does. The movie but never the speech, tells us how to feel about that. But you feel is, like that. No, the speech is pretty heavy-handed, and then everybody stands up and a fucking plods like a goddamn Disney movie, and they're not trying to tell me how they feel. It's supposed to be ambiguous, and then everyone pats him on the back, and he walks out all triumphant. But again, what are you he never states, he never states which side of that to do. I don't think they are telling him which way to go with that. Because I think everyone can agree that if he, if he ratted on those guys, that's not really a big thing. Those guys are pieces of shit. And if he rats on them and he increases his chance of going to Harvard or gets sent to Harvard, I'm not going to think that Chris O'Donnell is a bad guy for that. But he has character. There's even a part in the integrity. directing where there's even a part in the directing which I pointed out to you guys where Trask gives Charlie one more chance to tell and Charlie sits up and looks like he's going to tell and Frank interrupts him and says, "Ah, he doesn't want to tell." And then Frank goes into a crazy big speech. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I do agree that everyone erupting in the fucking applause at the end is like one of those one yes, of those crazy things. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. So yeah. it's just like a little. What, there's a lot of heavy-handed, over-the-topness throughout in this, yeah, and I that do is disagree also. With that. I I agree that the, the applause is stupid, but I don't agree that that the movie is saying what you think it's That's saying. That's the climax. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that it's saying what you think it's saying. Who and they applaud twice. <laughs> they applaud once, and then he's like, they never shut him out, and then they're never going to shut him up. And then they give their fucking review, and then they applaud again. So everybody's, like, happy. And then he gets a girlfriend. applauses because he's someone that told their headmaster to fucking shove it, and everyone was like, <laughs> yes! Which does seem actually Did pretty realistic. Did you see realistic. that? Jesus, that was awesome. Yeah. Think about if someone told your principal to fucking shove it. You'd stand up and clap. Oh, too. yeah. I would totally be very excited about that. That's true. I'm not going to deny that part. But they, they music swells up and they try and make it about a triumphant 
victory for Charlie's integrity is what I'm saying. They're not. So there is no ambiguity. It's not ambiguous. There's. They're not saying it's it's one or the other. They're saying Charlie's triumphant and Frank fucking gave the big speech. That's not. There's not a lot of room there. Wiggle room there. If Charlie you want to be right disappointed thing. by anything, it shouldn't be that. It should be that everyone but Frank reverts to the exact same state they were at before. The George character just goes back to like nothing ever happened. The other characters get probation, which is like, let's nothing. be fucking honest, Slap nothing. On and Charlie just goes back to the same thing. Well, I don't know if I'd be friends with George anymore if I was his buddies he told on. If I was Trent, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, but I mean, if like just in all things, aside from their friendship being challenged, yes. But who gives a fuck about their friendship? Like we've already talked about, we shouldn't even have that much of an awareness of it. No, <laughs> it's totally true because you got to cut that share in the beginning. I do wish we could have seen them skiing in Vermont a bit, though. Sounded fun. Sure, yeah, that'd be nice. Sugar nice bush. Vermont ski bunnies. All right, well, we got some contentious scent of a woman thoughts here, but I stand behind it that the way I feel uh, is the right way to feel. Um, and that's integrity. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is integrity. John's got integrity, goddammit. Brent yeah, does too, though. We Brent all does do. Too. We all do. Um, okay, so sent a woman, two down, one up. Uh, Pacino is fucking super entertaining, though. That's no joke. Uh, and here's a joke for next week Dirty, rotten scoundrels. That's what we got coming on. Fucking uh, Michael Caine, I think. Also, Steve Martin is in this. Yes. Good uh, good uh, old comedy 80s, I think, Colin. 80s, early 90s, maybe. Um, haven't seen it in a I bit. Think it's like, I think it's like late 80s. 88, maybe? Let's guess 88 and look. All right. What is Scoundrels? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 90. 91. Ah. I was close. Sorry, I didn't mean to one-up you. I was going to 91 anyways. Okay. Come on. Is someone looking it up? Don't do that. Look it up. That's the year I think it it is. No, No, I didn't. didn't. Is it 91? Oh, no. I'm I'm sorry. I thought you already did, so I'd stopped. That's why you don't just yell to a group of people, call 911, because everyone will assume that everyone else did. 88. I fucking nailed it, bitches. Boom. Nice. All right. Dirty Rotten Scandals. Go- right on the hold up and the Dirty Rotten Scandals chime. Colin pretended to Google that. We're going to no, up already. We're going to follow up. Sure we're going to follow that one up uh, with Ice Storm, um, which is a uh, I've Brent not is, seen for maybe Brent has ever 20 seen. years and Brent might never I've have never seen. never even fucking heard Ang Lee and directed. Maybe none of you. Yeah. Ang Lee directed Kevin Klein, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Tobey Maguire, and uh, Frodo Baggins. Elijah yeah, Wood. A couple other uh, big names in that one, too. Uh, interesting uh, drama it's coming up. all-star cast, that one. And then at the end of the month, we got the Brent special birthday movie. Do we know what it is yet, Brent, or are we, you're making us wait a little bit more? Big mystery still. Big mystery. You're okay. it out, eh? You're going to draw I it I love out. it. I love it. I love it. We should actually show up <laughs> the, to watch it, and he'd be like, here it is. Don't tell us before. Just play it. We'll bring we a cake. We'll bring a cake, a cake for sure. Love it. We'll right. do it at your Make house a with a big cake. I hope it's striptease. Okay. Thanks for coming out, everybody. <laughs> um, hope you enjoyed this episode a little bit longer, but I think we had a lot to talk about. Um, we'll see you next week for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh, thanks for coming, and as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. 
Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.